Good morning. Um, so we're coming to our second uh, session uh, in the difference course. Last week, um, we looked at how God uh, can transform our relationships and, and restore what is broken. So James took us through that, and, and we focused on um, his call for us to be peacemakers, uh, to be part of that transformation activity and to be peacemakers. And we looked at how we should nurture or could nurture three habits to transform our own lives and our relationships and our encounters with others. Uh, anyone remember those three habits? Be curious. Be curious. Yes, listen to others' stories and, and see the world through their eyes. The second one? Be present. Be present, yeah. Encounter other people with confidence and with authenticity. And the third one? Reimagine. So somebody was listening last week. That's, that's good. Reimagine. About, about finding hope and opportunity in the places where we long to see change. Today we're moving on to our second session. Uh, it's called Crossing Divides. And we're going to be exploring uh, where, we have, where we make assumptions and where we have prejudices that divide us from others. Yeah, and we're going to look at how we can learn to cross those divides. Let's just pray before, we, uh, before we, we start. Father, I just pray as we look at this whole subject of crossing divides that you would, you would just soften our hearts and you would just reveal to us by your spirit where there are things in our hearts that stop us uh, getting alongside people, that stop us crossing that divide, that stop us getting alongside people. Just, Lord, would you reveal those uh, to us as we look at your word. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at two stories. We're going to look at... Um, the first story uh, is uh, of a guy called Sammy, a, a Christian living in Bethlehem, and how he cross, uh, cross divides. So we're going to look at that. So we're going to watch a video. Um, and then we're going to look at uh, the story of Jesus uh, when he met the Samaritan woman uh, by the well. So as we look at this video now, Sammy's story, just think of those three habits. Okay, see if you can recognize uh, examples of being curious, being present, and then reimagining. So let's watch this video now. We live under occupation. I grew up in a situation where we witnessed and experienced occupation every single day of my life. My father was principal of an orphanage where the Israeli army would actually raid the orphanage. So it was a very direct experience of tear gas, rubber bullets, yelling, shouting, night raids that we had. And then for me, I grew up in this reality. And, and the narrative around this reality is that you are justified in your hatred and resentful towards them who are doing this to you. I could not understand how can you make peace with a people that want to destroy you. They don't even want to make peace with us. So as a Palestinian activist, I was very committed to nonviolent resistance to end occupation. But at the same time, I was always challenged with what is really this conflict about? Is there something hidden that we are not aware of that we need to address? But I never knew what it, what it was. And then American Jewish 
friends of mine invited me to this retreat called the Bearing Witness Retreat. And this retreat happens every year and they organize it in the death camps of Auschwitz and Bergenau in Poland. As Palestinians, we don't deny the Holocaust, but we don't affiliate ourselves with it. It's not our story, it's not our narrative. It has nothing to do with us. It's in the past. The reality of the occupation is what we live in now. Uh, but I decided to go there. And to be honest, that experience completely turned my life around. For several days, we toured the campus itself, the location itself, the death camp, and saw everything that happened there. At one point, three of us decided to do something that was very unique. Myself as a Palestinian Christian, an American Jew, and a Turkish Muslim decided to spend the night in what's called the children's bunker. And it's a November night, and we have all the warm clothes and blankets and sleeping bags, and we were freezing. And just to imagine what those children who had nothing went through and experienced. And that was, I think, one of the deepest experiences that I had in my life. And so my whole life was turned around by this experience. Unless we address the traumas of the communities of this land, we will never achieve any real sense of peace. We will always look towards the other with mistrust, with doubt, with having hidden agendas and hidden tensions that will limit any scope of peacemaking that we can Now, when I go to a checkpoint and I see an Israeli soldier with a gun, and he could even point this gun towards me, I would engage. I would ask the questions. Tell me your story. Tell me more about you. And so even if he's coming, yelling at me and shouting at me, if there is an opportunity to create that space, this is what I do. You know, in science they say one case can make or destroy a whole theory. So if the theory that people have that Palestinians and Israelis hate each other, you need one example to show that this theory is wrong. And I've seen hundreds of examples that prove that this theory is wrong. Palestinians and Israelis are living in conflict, are living in a time where there is hatred and resentment, but this is not embedded in us as a people. Jesus never said, negotiate a peace treaty with your enemy. He never said, resolve your conflict with your enemy. He never said, reach a political settlement with your enemy. You want to follow me? Then you follow my commandment. You love your enemy. And for me, that's become my journey. Quite a tough watch, really. I've watched that several times now, and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, what does Sammy's story say about crossing uh, divides? His willingness to go out of the way to be curious about the Jews' story. Yeah, as he said on that, it wasn't his 
It isn't a Palestinian story. It's not their journey. But what the Jews went through explains a little bit why there is distrust, why there is hatred, why there is fear, because the trauma they experienced. And Sammy's willingness to reach out and be present yeah, with those Jews, even though uh, with the Israelis was a threat of hostility. And his faith, inspired by his faith and his imagination that things can change. As he said on there, if just one person uh, loved as Jesus commanded us to love, then that whole situation could change. There's opportunities, obviously, to, to explore that further, to talk about that further in, in pastoral groups, and I'd only encourage you to do that. Um, just a personal experience. I, I was fortunate enough to, uh, to be able to visit Jerusalem um, once, and, you know, I felt very sort of alien. It felt an alien environment, uh, and... Yeah, Jerusalem itself, if you've ever been, is literally a divided city. There are four quarters in the old city of Jerusalem. There's the Christian quarter, the Jewish quarter, the Muslim quarter, and the Armenian quarter. It is very much divided, and each of those different areas in Jerusalem has a, a different feel, a, a, different, a different environment. Um, and... You know, when I was there, I had just a little glimpse of the sort of differences between uh, the Jews and the Palestinians. I, I, I was uh, fortunate enough to have a, a Jewish tour guide take me around uh, the city of Jerusalem. And we were going around, and then, you know, Jerusalem is very narrow streets, and we were taking us all these, through these narrow streets. And suddenly, I was in a souvenir shop. Uh, the, the tour guide had led... Uh, had led me into a, a souvenir shop. Um, and there wasn't anything there that I particularly wanted to get, so I said, no, I didn't want to buy anything. But on leaving that shop, the, the tour guide got uh, quite upset and animated because the owner of that, um, that souvenir shop was a Palestinian. And, yeah, he was quite worked up that, yeah, he, he had to keep relationships good with the, uh, the Palestinians because and had to bring people to, um, uh, into the souvenir shop to, to, uh, to buy things. Otherwise, there would be trouble between uh, him and, and the Palestinians, and there would be discord. It was just a little glimpse into, into the division uh, that is in, in that city uh, and the differences uh, between people. So just reflect on that, on Sammy's story. There is so much there of what he's doing to, to try and cross that divide. But we're going to move on to, to look at uh, Jesus' example now. We're going to look at how Jesus is cross divides and, and how we can learn from that. So we're going to look at a passage in John chapter 4 uh, where Jesus met a Samaritan woman uh, at the well. I'm just, I'm just going to read uh, this. It's, it's, it's a reasonably long passage. And it's actually the, the longest recorded conversation, apparently, that Jesus had. Uh, and, yeah, so let's just look at that. It's John chapter 4, reading at verse 1. 
Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks the water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't be thirsty, won't get thirsty, and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, the time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you, or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. So how did Jesus cross divides uh, in this story, in this encounter uh, with a Samaritan woman? Well, firstly, uh, he was actually crossing geographical boundaries. Um, He was going from Judea to Galilee, uh, via Samaria. Now, Judea is in the south. It's around the area around Jerusalem. And Galilee is in the north with its cities of Nazareth and Capernaum, where Jesus was brought up and then lived as an adult. 
And Samaria was in between. So Jesus had to, as he was going back to Galilee, had to go through uh, Samaria to get there. So literally, he was crossing geographical boundaries. But then he was also crossing social and conventional boundaries. You know, Jesus was thirsty after the journey, and he had no container to draw from the well. And so he asked this woman for a drink. First thing, she is a woman. When the disciples returned later, as we read in verse 27, they were really surprised that he was talking to a woman. Interestingly, they didn't challenge him, but they were surprised that he was talking to woman, a woman. You know, Jewish men didn't go around having casual conversations with unknown women. In public as well. And it wasn't just any woman, was it? It was a Samaritan woman. Uh, John points out in verse 9 that the Jews and Samaritans just didn't get along or share things in common. You know, they just didn't interact. Jews and Samaritans didn't interact. They were outcasts. And that got me wondering, why did the Jews and the Samaritans really despise each other? Yeah, we've heard of the Good Samaritan as well, and that's a parable, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Uh, and yet that's, that, you know, that was another specific uh, use of a Samaritan in that parable to, to make a point. So I, I thought, well, I'll do a bit of investigation here. I'll, I'll look into a bit, of, uh, a bit of history as to why do uh, the Jews and the Samaritans really despise each other. So a bit of a history lesson. Bear with me a second. This is, this is what I uh, found out, where the Samaritans come from. So to understand the Samaritans, we have to go back to the days of the kings, okay? So after King Solomon ruled over, uh, over all God's people, the Israelites, uh, there was King Rehoboam uh, in the 10th century BC, okay? And he, that, the, the unwise actions of King Rehoboam led to a split in the kingdom. So we ended up with the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. Each had its own king, Okay. But then both kingdoms fell into corruption and sin, uh, despite repeated warnings from the prophets that God sent. Um, and God warned them, because of the, the sin uh, and, and corruption, that they would be overtaken by conquerors. And so that came to pass. The northern kingdom fared worse than, than Judah, so Israel fares worse than Judah. They had a long line of wicked rulers, uh, and it didn't help the northern kingdom, that the temple where God's people were to worship was located in Jerusalem. Okay. And then in 721 BC, Israel fell to the Assyrians. And many of the people of Israel were led off to Assyria as captives. But some remained in the land and intermarried with the foreigners planted there by the Assyrians. And these half-Jewish, half-Gentile people became the Samaritans. So that is where the Samaritans came from. So why were they disliked so much by the Jews? Well, the Samaritans were a, a mix of uh, Israelites and pagan foreigners. They then created a religion for themselves, which the Jews considered heresy. Okay. It, they established a, a, a center of worship on the, on the temple, uh, worship a temple on Mount Gerizim, uh, claiming it was uh, there that Moses had originally intended for the Israelites to worship. And then they had their own unique version of the five, uh, uh, of the five books written by Moses. Uh, 
and they rejected, they rejected the writings of the prophets and the Jewish traditions. Yeah, the, the Samaritans saw themselves as descendants of Israel and, and the preservers of the true religion, yeah, while considering the Jerusalem temple and the priesthood illegitimate. And then to add to that, when the Jews returned to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, they were opposed by the Samaritans. So further ill feeling between the, is, is, between the Jews and the Samaritans. You know, to the Jews, the Samaritans were more revolting than a Gentile. The Samaritans in their eyes were half-breeds who defiled the true religion. No wonder there was distrust between them. And I know that was a little bit detailed, but I thought it was important to get the context of why there is so much um, hatred and distrust between the Jews and the Samaritans. So when Jesus was going through Samaria and was crossing a boundary to speak to a Samaritan woman, no wonder there is surprise in the woman's face when she says, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan in verse 9. How can you ask me for a drink? But Jesus goes further, doesn't he? He, doesn't just, uh, he just doesn't continue talking about physical water because he was thirsty. He goes on to talk about living water and says to her that if she asked him, he would give her living water, offering something that would satisfy her soul and be never-ending. It would never run dry. It would, he would never disappoint or turn away. An ending source of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. All those things we read about in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Abundant life that only can be found in him. John 10, verse 10. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In verse 15. She asks for that water. She says, give me that so I don't have to keep coming back here day after day to draw water. She didn't quite fully understand what Jesus was talking about. But then Jesus responds and says, go and get your husband and come back. And then she replies, she has no husband. And then Jesus says, you are right, and points out that She's had five husbands, and the man she's currently living with is not her husband. And at that point, the woman realized that he must be some kind of prophet. And so she asks him this question. She challenges him about, okay, well, who is right in terms of this worship then? You know, is it the Jews and worshiping Jerusalem, or is it the Samaritans here? We looked at, they set up their worship on this mount uh, Gerizim, and that's why she, she says in, in the question, um, yeah, when Jesus talks about in, in his response, he says this, there is a time coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain, which is where the Samaritans worship, nor in Jerusalem. Okay? You Samaritans worship what you do not know because they've rejected all the teachings of the prophets, uh, whereas the Jews worship what we do know. Uh, all the teachings of, of the prophets. Yet a time is coming when true worship will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. Yeah, God, Jesus was coming to establish something new. That whole debate about where to worship in Jerusalem or Gerizim would soon be completely obsolete. He was rushing 
He was ushering in a new era. The woman still doesn't fully understand uh, and tries to deflect the questions that Jesus was saying and says, yeah, when the Messiah gets here, that's when we'll fully understand. He'll explain everything to us. And that's when Jesus reveals, yes, I am he. I am the Messiah. So, what can we learn from all this story? Okay. A Samaritan woman with a past. She'd had many relationships. Clearly, this woman was looking for lasting love, looking to be satisfied. She's got a deep longing thirst. She was an outcast from her community. You know, she was drawing water in the middle of the day in the hot, hot sun, and she was alone drawing water. The other women, or the other uh, the women, would have drawn water either early in the morning or late at night. So clearly, she was an outcast. And yet, Jesus does not question her past or judge it, but just points out gently of her past. You know, Jesus accepts her for who she is. He's not put off by her sin. It's the same with us. Jesus is not put off by our sin. He sees within our hearts. He sees the sin within. He sees our desires. And yet, in spite of that, he still pursues us and loves us. He's not surprised by the evil desires in our hearts. He just wants to enable that reconciliation between us and the Father. Jesus' ministry was inclusive. You know, he crossed boundaries that would normally have kept him apart. You know, he was willing to be curious about that woman's story. And he was willing just to be present, to spend time with her, to talk with her honestly, authentically, with confidence. But also, Jesus, when he crosses divides, his ministry brings transformation as well. Yeah, what happened after this encounter with the Samaritan woman? The Samaritan woman left the water jar, went back to the city and told others about Jesus. And it tells us that many came to believe because of this Samaritan woman's testimony. They came out to meet him. And if you read further on in the chapter, we stopped at verse 30, but if you read a little bit further on in chapter 4, you will see that the Samaritans invited Jesus to stay for a couple of days. And he did stay. And many, many others came to know Jesus. Many other Samaritans came to believe because they had time to spend with Jesus. You know, because of Jesus willing to go out and cross that divide, there were new possibilities, new hope for that community because of his willingness to do that. And for the woman individually, did she remain an outcast? We don't know, but in verse 42... We read this. They, the other Samaritans in the town, said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. We don't know for definite, but I sense that woman was no longer an outcast in her community. There was something that had drawn them 
together, that common understanding of who the Messiah was and what, who Jesus was. So what about us as a whole? Are we willing to cross divides? Are we willing to go to all people, regardless of nation and class, regardless of religion and race, regardless of sexual orientation and gender identity? Are we willing to love, just as Jesus did? Are we willing to be reconciled? Are we willing to share? For me personally, I find this, um, this whole subject really hard. I, I've, I, I'm so much more comfortable speaking to people who are like me, who, are, who think the same as me. I find it really hard when Jehovah's Witnesses come to the door. I don't know whether anybody else finds this hard. But my reaction when Jehovah's Witnesses come and knock on the door is to just shut the door and not, not engage. Um, why don't I just take some time to listen to their story, to get alongside them, to understand where they're coming from, to get to know them? I remember when I was uh, a student, uh, one of my housemates, uh, we, we had some, uh, a young uh, Jehovah's Witness uh, couple, I think they were brother and sister actually, not a couple, uh, knocked on the door. And I remember my housemate distinctly spending many hours talking to them, just trying to get alongside them, get to know them. And I was deeply, deeply challenged by his willingness to do that. Unfortunately, that didn't, didn't go anywhere. But, um, but yeah, his willingness to understand, uh, understand their story uh, and their background, that was a real challenge to me. You know, who knows what God might do if we are willing to re- just reach out to those we don't know who are just different to us. You know, God invites us to see where difference or prejudice divides us from other people. You know, sometimes our prejudice is because of our beliefs and attitudes that come through our upbringing or that we inherit through the culture that we're just part of. But they do create walls that divide us from other people. Jesus' example challenges us to find out yeah, where have we got assumptions and prejudices that are stopping us engaging with others and realise where there are barriers that might stop other people engaging with us. You know, Jesus shows his example, shows us that we begin to overcome these barriers by just making time and space for those who are on the other side. You know, let's just be curious about other people's story. Let's really get alongside. Let's spend time. Many people are isolated and alone. Yeah, despite us being the most technologically connected society there has ever been, many people are isolated and alone. I don't really know my neighbours who I live next to. Physically, they are close, but do I know them? No, I don't. But most people really want to be part of a, a real human community. And that's what we're about, isn't it? That's what we should be about as church. That loving community where we're accepted and loved just as we are.
You know, we're called to practice that inclusive love that Jesus showed to this Samaritan woman. We're called to practice that love to all. And we're called to knock down those walls that we create between us. Let's pray. Jesus, I just want to say thank you for your example. Thank you for your willingness to uh, cross divides, your willingness to love, uh, your willingness to to want to um, you know, reconcile us to the Father. Father, would you just challenge us this morning of those areas where we build walls between others? Yeah, just speak to each of us individually. Just highlight those barriers that we put up, and just give us the boldness and courage just like Jesus, to go and spend time with those people who are not like us. Just help us to listen. Help us to understand where people are coming from. And as we do that, you will transform us. And who knows what you will do with those new relationships that, that come out of that. You know, we will have the opportunity to share the good news that Jesus came and reconciled us by his death on the cross to you. And who knows what you will do with our willingness to cross those divides. Just as that Samaritan woman brought many people to you because of her testimony of meeting Jesus. I just pray that will be the same for us. As we're willing to cross those divides, you will use us to point many people to you. Thank you for your word. Just help us to learn from Jesus' example this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.